Happy holidays, all my fellow mourners of diet culture. I will be taking a five-week hiatus over the holidays, which means that season one will end on November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving, and we'll be back for season two on January 1st. But don't fear, there is still a way to get your weekly dose of RIP diets. Go to patreon.com slash rip diets and pledge just $6.99 per month. And not only will you get a weekly podcast episode or vlog during the holidays when you'll need it the most, you'll also get an extra monthly episode when the second season begins. This is an opportunity to get an even closer look at my recovery. I'm going to be doing what I eat in a day videos, Q&As, general tips for how to manage the holiday food stress, and more. This is a great way to support this podcast and help me continue to churn out content that I know you'll enjoy. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com slash rip diets and become a VIP. I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, episode 24. After today, there will be one more episode next Friday, November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday, motherfuckers. And then I will be taking a hiatus for the holidays, but... You can join the Patreon and we will still be in each other's lives over the holidays. It's going to be really fun and well worth your money. So go to patreon.com slash rip diets and check everything out. Also, write a review if you like this podcast. I was reading more reviews um, at the beginning of recording this podcast, but I kind of fell off a bit because there's just always so much to talk about. But I'm going to start reading reviews again, particularly the the really well-written ones, as a little incentive. And hopefully you guys will continue writing reviews. Like I said in the last episode, when you write an iTunes review, you can create your own username. So it's really completely anonymous. And it's super easy to do. I've written reviews for most of the podcasts that I enjoy because I know it really does help the podcast grow. And as you all know, I am not making money off of this podcast currently. I hope to in the future, but it's kind of a way to pay me in a sense. A way to support me is to write an iTunes review and that helps the podcast grow. And then I'll be able to keep doing it as long as I want to. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. This review was written by Row 81 and it is five stars. The title is Exactly What I Needed to Hear. Oh, yes. I have been a fan of Emily when she guests on Keith and the Girl. I heard her challenge their idea of unhealthy eating and decided to give this podcast a try. I'm a mom of three under seven. Damn. And I have to be really selective on podcasts to listen to as I don't have much time. This one is worth it. I've binged them to get caught up 
almost there. Emily is so well-spoken and is thoughtfully educating us on intuitive eating. Since starting this podcast, I've stopped being harsh about my body that relentlessly went through years of infertility treatments and carried three babies, two at once, oh, twins, with little complaint. I've started to practice loving this body and listening to its cues. What a change in my physical and mental health. Keep it up, Emily. You're changing lives. Oh, thank you so much, Loro, for that review. That means so much to me. I love that I appeal to moms and people who are, who are older than me because I know that I have never had the experience of being pregnant, obviously don't have any kids, not trying to have kids anytime soon, but I really do want to be able to speak to people who have That was one of my goals in having my sister on a few episodes ago to talk about post-pregnancy. I want to really educate myself about that stuff, and I'm happy that I'm doing a good job so far and that it appeals to you and that you can fit me into your busy lifestyle of being a mom of three. Damn. And twins, no less. God, having twins is one of my literal worst nightmares. I just can't. You only have two arms. And I know from caring for my nephew, who is a year and a half, that you need both hands. Like, don't think that you can just put a hand on the baby while he's on the changing table and he won't squirm. He will squirm and he will tumble off of that changing table. You need to utilize both hands in order for that baby not to injure himself. So that's impressive. Keep doing the Lord's work. Keep talking positively about your body. It's been through a lot. And yeah, thank you very much for that review. Now, I wanted to bring something up today. I am not a political person, and this isn't a political podcast, but I read this statement by Governor Cuomo. For those of you who live in New York, Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York, and I am getting increasingly fed up with this man um, for various reasons, but this particular statement that I read was about personal accountability. And it was in regards to COVID-19 and practicing safe measures, wearing a mask. And he is addressing the people in this statement. I'm just going to quickly read this because I was pissed about this. Direct quote from Governor Cuomo. If you socially distanced and wore a mask and you were smart, none of this would be a problem. It's all self-imposed. And then he goes on to say, if you didn't eat the cheesecake, you wouldn't have a weight problem. What kind of reductive ass reasoning is that? Basically, he's comparing people being foolish by not wearing masks and spreading COVID to a person eating a slice of cheesecake and being fat. It's honestly the dumbest, most repulsive thing I've ever heard. And the comparison being... It's all self-imposed. You're fat because you eat cheesecake. He sounds like my grandfather who drinks too much and starts grabbing everyone's bellies and asking how they got so fat. You got to do what I did. Cut out the cheesecake. Who even eats cheesecake on a regular basis? I mean, if you do, good on you. I love cheesecake, but just what an odd example to use. Clearly, he doesn't allow himself to have any sweet treats or else he probably would have said Oreos or something more relatable, something that people actually keep in their homes. 
But I digress. Um, That is just a little mini rant to start off this episode. Also, I hate people who say shit like that. Like, oh, clearly somebody likes cookies too much or else they wouldn't be fat. That's not the way it works. If you knew anything about the body, you would know that we are predisposed to be around a certain weight, you know, within 10 to 15 pounds of a certain weight. And that is called the set point theory. I'm not sure if I've talked about this on this show, but it's something that I've learned about in the past few years. Basically, the theory is that we all have a place that our body is most comfortable at, and it's usually within a range of about 10 pounds. So if you were to not focus on your exercise and eat intuitively, you would probably hover around the same weight, and that is 100% true for me. Obviously, I, I fluctuate a little in weight, but it's not really more than 10 pounds, and it's always around the same weight, which I won't say. But Read about the set point theory. Um, This is a brief definition for everyone. Set point theory, as it pertains to human body weight, states that there is a biological control method in humans that actively regulates weight toward a predetermined set weight for each individual. This may occur through regulation of energy intake or energy expenditure. So, Our bodies are very smart. Our bodies are constantly regulating. We basically have a machine going on in there. Picture gears and levers, okay? And we are regulating our weight without having to do anything. So all of this time and effort and energy and judgment that people put into, oh, well, I better not eat this or I better run this amount of miles a day or if that person eats that, then they're going to, if they don't watch what they eat, they're going to get too fat guess what? We really have very little control over it. And I think people are scared of that, to be honest. I think people don't want to accept that idea because they want to believe they have control over absolutely everything in their lives and they can control exactly the way they look. They can look however they want to if they just did all the right things. And I hate to break it to you, but it's not true. And once you accept that, And once you are able to go with the flow and respond to your natural internal hunger cues and fullness cues and find movement that you actually enjoy rather than feeling the need to to run off everything you eat or whatever, you will find, your body will find a natural healthy weight for you. And it will be able to regulate that by itself without you doing anything. We don't need to interfere with Mother Nature, okay? Mother Nature does a lot for us. Mother Nature is our collective mother. She picks us up from soccer practice. She makes us delicious snacks. We should eat her snacks. We should go to soccer practice. We should, I don't know where this metaphor is going, but you get what I'm saying. Mother Nature takes care of us. Onto the meat, I was on Twitter today and I saw that a lot of people were commenting about this essay by Cassie David, Larry David's daughter, that was published in The Cut. And you can read it. It is called Too Full to Fuck. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Too Full to Fuck. Basically, this whole essay is about how sometimes she eats too much or not just sometimes, it sounds like this happens quite often. She eats 
too much and is physically unable to have sex. And I'm going to tell I mean, and people were bothered by this and people were going off on Cassie. So it's so weird to say Cassie with a Z. Um, I know that's her name, but it's just Cassie. I feel like I'm saying jazzy or something. Um, <laughs> people were going off on Cassie for uh, a variety of reasons. The first being initially what she's saying is a little bit heteronormative. I'm going to read the first sentence and you'll understand what I'm saying. She says, for straight couples, there is one key difference between sex for the male and sex for the female. A woman gets a penis inserted into her while a man gets to insert his penis into someone else. Now, people were going off about this first sentence because it is heteronormative and a bit transphobic if you take it out of context. Obviously, she's talking about her own personal experience. So she should not have said, you know, the man uses his penis to penetrate the woman's vagina because that is not always the case. There are men with vaginas. There are women with penises. And so heterosexual sex does not always look like that. And I think that does need to be acknowledged. But Regardless of that, what she goes on to say is so cringeworthy. Um, She says, but from what I've discovered, only one gender has to save room in her body if a penis is to go into it. Meaning that sometimes if you've eaten a hearty meal, there isn't enough room for a penis. There are a couple things that made this essay super horrifying to read. For one, the fact that she's implying that food takes up space in your body that you need to leave empty so a dick can go in there worries me a lot. I thought celebrities could afford to give their children the best education, but Cassie clearly has not had sufficient sex education if she really thinks that you need to leave room for a dick to go inside you. Now, All jokes aside, I know that she's joking. I mean, I hope she's joking, but the joke sucks. Um, I hate to be a hater, but I hate this essay. She goes on to say, I love to eat ever since I got over my fear of eating. I tend to eat until I feel sick, similar to how people test their alcohol consumption to see how much they can drink without puking. I've tested how much food I can eat and still fuck. On nights that I know I'm going to be having sex, of course I eat less, which is annoying, but in the end it's worth it because you get to have sex and feel good and not bloated while having it. This part, so I get the impression reading this part of the essay that she has a pretty disordered relationship with food. She said right away that she used to have a fear of eating, but now she loves eating. And I think a lot of us feel that same dichotomy when it comes to food. We fear food, but also we're obsessed with it. And we worry about food, but we also fantasize about it. I think that's very normal for people who have struggled with disordered eating. And then she compares her way of eating to someone drinking so much that they almost puke but don't. So she's literally comparing her eating to binge drinking. And For me, if someone drank that way regularly, I might wonder if that person is an alcoholic. So 
to me, what Cassie writes in this article is a dead giveaway that there's some healing she needs to do around food. And finally, this concept of feeling empty or not feeling bloated when you have sex isn't something that I think should be required for you to feel sexy. This idea of a full belly can't be sexy or you can't feel sexy or enjoy sex if you've had a full meal is very problematic. I would encourage you guys to go read this essay. It is not well written. Again, I hate to trash somebody that I don't know, but can we stop just letting celebrities' kids be famous just because their kids are famous? Like, she does not deserve to have write-ups about her in Elle magazine. And, you know, maybe I am jealous. And maybe you can tell that I'm jealous because I don't have that platform. But at least write a good essay. That's all I'm going to say. Now I'm going to read an advice question. Um, I got this advice question to ripdiets at gmail.com. You can write me there. You can also DM me at Lubination, that's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. That's a great way to reach me as well. So this person wanted to be kept anonymous. Dear Emily, I don't know if this is just a me problem or if it happens to others, but maybe something you could talk about. I'm mostly at peace with my body. I do have moments here and there of getting in a negative mindset about my body, but in general, I try to stay positive and have maintained a good relationship with food for a few years. I never weigh myself. I never buy clothes that are too small or even pay too much attention to the sizes. I gave up dieting in 2018 and never looked back. Yes, bitch. Good for you. My question is in regards to fashion and clothes. I'm not plus size, but I'm on the higher end of straight size. And since I've been stuck in my home, I've gotten more into online shopping. (laughs) Haven't we all? I used to never order anything online because it's so hard to know how it will fit. But I needed a couple new jeans and layers for fall. So I went ahead and ordered them online. The day they arrived, I tried on everything and something came over me. I was hysterically crying at the way they fit. I thought I looked like a house in everything, even though it was all my correct size, just not very flattering. I started bullying myself and saying to myself that I'd gained too much weight and nothing will look good on me as long as I am this size. Now it's a couple days later, I'm planning to return the clothes, but I'm really hesitant to look for more clothes now because of that experience. I just don't think anything will look good on me. I don't know what I should do because I don't want to fall into the dieting trap or hate on myself, but that try-on experience made me feel so bad. I'm considering just wearing a bathrobe for all of winter and never going outside again. Do you deal with new clothing anxiety? And if so, do you have any wise words for me? Okay, first of all, I'm so sorry that this episode, this try-on made you so upset. I know that that feeling is very real. And yes, I deal with this. Um, I've, I dealt with it in the past when I would go try on clothes with my friends and we'd go to Forever 21 and I would find like two things that fit me in the entire store and they never looked right in my eyes. Um, this was before Forever 21 had plus sizes also. And I still deal with it. In fact, just recently I ordered a coat because Uniqlo had a killer sale for 11.11. I didn't realize it was a special 
sale day, but it turns out it is. So just write that little date in your calendar and next 11-11 you can go crazy. But I ordered a new winter coat, which I really needed because my old one was a little too small and just not comfortable for me to wear. So I decided to order like a very oversized, like comfy, long puffer coat, like a down coat. And I ordered it and it arrived at night and I had had a long day that was pretty stressful. I was super tired, but I was excited to get this coat because I had been waiting for it. So then I tried it on and yeah, I had the same experience. I didn't cry, but I was looking in the mirror just like, why does this not look good on me? It's literally a plain black coat. And, and so I thought, okay, uh, I need to take this off immediately. I felt bad in it. I, I don't know how to describe it other than I, I just felt bad in it. And I was telling myself, okay, well, I guess you just fucking look bad because if you look bad in a black coat, then you look bad in everything. And, you know, this negative self-talk, I am not immune to it at all. I still go through it all the time. But let me tell you something. And this this was really illuminating for me. The next morning, I tried on the coat again, and I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was super comfortable. I thought it was the right size. I thought it was flattering. I thought, oh, yeah, it's a plain black coat, but I can dress it up with all this stuff. And I was thinking of different hats and scarves I could wear with it. I was starting to actually get excited for cold weather, which is insane because I hate the cold. But this really showed me that body dysmorphia is 100% real, and You cannot allow the way that you perceive this clothing to look on you. You cannot allow it to dictate how you feel about yourself. I know it's difficult, but you cannot take any meaning from the way that you feel in clothes. If they don't fit you, they don't fit you. If they don't flatter you, they don't flatter you, and that's fine. But don't think that it means anything about you or that nothing looks good on you or, oh, why should I even bother buying clothes? I'm just going to have to return them. Don't get into that mindset because it is not true. I would actually encourage you to try on those clothes again. And if you don't like them, send them back. That's fine. But the way that we feel about ourselves on a given day can have a really big impact on things like that. And People talk a lot about body dysmorphia and like what it technically is and if it's real. It's not necessarily that you look in the mirror and you see somebody 10 sizes larger than you. It's just you're looking at yourself and and you're thinking shitty things. You're microanalyzing things that actually don't matter. It could be that the cut of those clothes were just not flattering. Everybody has clothes that are less flattering on them. That's fine. But I would just set those clothes aside, not get too upset about it. Try them on a little bit later. See if you feel different. And if you don't feel different, return them and don't look back. Look for something else that you will like. Fashion is so transformative too that when you try on something that makes you feel great, when you don't necessarily feel great about yourself that day, it's just as powerful. And we've, I think we've all had that experience, right? Of like, you try on a dress and you're like, ooh, this dress was made for me. So if that can happen, then the opposite can happen. And 
they're equally meaningless and meaningful, if that makes sense. Fashion can make you feel a certain way and it it's not always because, oh, the clothes look bad. Maybe you feel bad and that's why the clothes look bad to you. I felt like a crazy person. I really did because the second time I tried on this coat, I was like, this coat is great and I look cool and great. But I literally hated it the night before. So that just really showed me not to put too much stock in those feelings, to just take a breath, reassess, try it on later, and then don't pay too much attention to it because they're just clothes. They're just clothes. Like you don't, and you are not required to look any specific way in the clothes also. Just know that. But you should feel comfortable in your clothes. And that's all I will say. But that's definitely something that gets overlooked when we talk about food and body image is, you know, we have this whole idea of fashion and what it means to look good in clothes or what it means for clothes to flatter you. And, oh, this body type can wear this certain thing, but this body type can only wear this certain thing. That all comes from diet culture. I would say wear what is comfortable and fashionable to you. Wear what you think suits you. And once you really lock into what you feel comfortable wearing, it's so transformative. I've used that word at least five times in the past two minutes, but it's so true. It makes you feel like a different person and it makes you feel like the person that you are and so much comfortable, so much more comfortable in your own skin. So just keep going, girl. It's okay. And it's okay that you cried. Sometimes we need to cry to get those emotions out. And then we can go back to the workshop, back to working on loving ourselves and accepting ourselves because that's the goal. All right, guys, that is it for today. Again, you can email me ripdiets at gmail.com. You can slide into my DMs, Lubination on Instagram. And guys, if you haven't joined the private Facebook group, you absolutely need to. You are missing out on so much fun. Go to Facebook, type in the search bar RIP dieters, and then you can request to be added. I'll add you as soon as humanly possible. And you can be a part of the conversation and a part of the revolution. Oh, and again, visit patreon.com slash rip diets to see everything that I have to offer for only $6.99 a month. And that's it. I will see you next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. God bless. (music) 